This is American Real, where we aim to inspire, empower, and enlighten you through the stories of our guests. Here's your host, Roger Brooks. So Mary, why is personal branding more important today than ever? Sadly, over and above COVID-19, which is the obvious, there are so many senior executives and professionals that have been made redundant. They don't have a job. If I'm in a situation where I've been made redundant and now I'm finding myself without a job, the only thing that separates me is that I can walk into a meeting situation and sell myself as a brand, a personal brand. A personal brand is not touchy-feely. A personal brand is a business. I'm the brand, I'm the business. Let me guess, you're an entrepreneur looking for ways to grow your business online. And you've probably tried everything to grow your business, including social media, SEO, even paid ads, only to find out that nothing truly works. So what if I told you that writing a book that goes on to become a bestseller is the magic wand, and that you can do it in as little as 30 days, two weeks, or even over a weekend in some cases, without spending more than 10 minutes a day. Would you be interested? My name is Roger Brooks, and I'm the founder and host of American Real TV, where I interview world-class guests to empower others through the essence of story. But I didn't get here overnight, and my mission certainly doesn't end here. Ever since I was a little boy, it's been my dream to empower others through the craft of writing and storytelling. And throughout my life, I came across several mentors who pushed me toward my passion for writing books and helping others to do the same. There is no greater joy than to be working with aspiring authors and to help them establish true credibility within their industry by writing and publishing their first book, which I'm proud to say have all gone on to become bestsellers. Now, you're seeing this video because I just opened enrollment for my new book writing program, where I promise to take you from page one to published in 90 days or less. I will be personally working with you to overcome the same fears and obstacles that kept me from pursuing my dreams all of those years. Simply click on the link below to see how I could help you become a first-time best-selling author. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is personal branding specialist, Mary Henderson. You help coaches, consultants, and corporate executives commercialize their personal brand and digitalize their knowledge into a sociable and profitable online business so they become an authority. Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Roger. I'm really, really pleased to be here. Likewise. And we're, you know, I guess worlds apart or half yes. apart. You're on the other side of the globe in, in Melbourne. And how's everything in Australia? Everything's going great. As far as I'm concerned, if my coffee shop is still open and I can get a coffee in the morning, I'm happy. <laughs> I love that. No, and it's funny because my wife and I, we, we get up very early 
Yes. And that's, you know, and I'm on my, my second cup here. It there is you go. A wonderful way to start the day. So I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. But it's really weird because the cafes are open, but you obviously you can't sit in the cafe and everyone's sort of, you know, queued up, you know, one and a half meters, you know, apart from one another. Um, but everyone's still, because, you know, Melbourne's a real coffee culture. So, you know, everyone's lining up, you know, like meanwhile, everyone's kind of, you know, wearing masks and gloves and all these coffee lovers are like waiting there, you know, for their <laughs> coffee <laughs> nothing will hilarious. stop our coffee well that's exactly wonderful. i'm really excited to talk to you today about your story and um and what you do for work and how you're inspiring people every single day especially from your linkedin feed that's something i've been i've been watching uh recently and and i actually wanted to ask you about a, a recent post you had yeah you talked about free content is not a solution to a problem can you can you expand yeah. on that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, it, it's actually it was probably one of the posts that I really truly created because I believe in it that much, uh, Roger. And I think I wrote it because, um, as you know, I create a lot of content and I give a lot of content away for free. I give a lot of my time away for free for no other reason, but because, you know, I really like to educate and I like to empower people to at least move in the right direction, which is something that I didn't do. You know, I listened to all the gurus, uh, you know, make all these big promises, spent lots and lots of money and it didn't get me anywhere. And I also realized that they were the coaches I never, ever wanted to be, you know, and, and it's, and I'm that passionate about it for that reason, purely. But what happens, Roger, is a lot of people sign up for, you know, free webinars or, you know, free downloads of workbooks or ebooks and things of that nature. Let's be realistic here. You are not going to get a framework that's taken me, for example, 20 years to develop in a free webinar for 45 minutes or a free ebook that's 35 pages. I just want to be serious about that. And, 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 and one of the reasons I wrote that post and created that post is actually I want to have a mature conversation. We're adults. Let's talk like adults and not pretend that, you know, by signing up for 10, 15, 20 webinars that you're going to figure out the solution for free. It's not the way it works. I mean, I don't know about you, Roger, but I've been on the entrepreneurial journey or running my own businesses for the last 15 years. Honestly, I just feel like now I've actually grasped it and I've got my, you know, my shit together. You know, I feel that confident in what I'm doing now, but it's taken all of that trial and tribulation. I didn't get that through free content. I invested in mentors and coaches after mentor, after coach, after coach. And that's how I arrived at my destination. It was not because of free content. And I wanted to get that message out there so clear so that if anyone is really genuinely serious about starting a, you know, a coaching or a consulting business, a SaaS business, it doesn't matter what type of business, but if you are serious and you're motivated, 
you will find the funds or you should have the funds before you even embark on that journey. Because I see so many people, you know, especially the younger guys, you know, they're all into that Gary V type of mindset. You can see the way he's interviewing 20, 25 year olds and making them believe that they should do this, they should do this. And I just find that, you know, I mean, I don't know. I just, I think that that's not the right way to motivate and inspire young people to actually move in that entrepreneurial journey. I think that there's a much better way. It's just too hyped up. It's, it looks easy. You know, it looks like, you know, it's, it's a, you know, five self-help books bundled together and you'll be right. But we're not talking about that. What What I'm saying is if you're mature, you want to start a conversation with me, start a conversation with me at that place of maturity, not immaturity, because we don't need to be like that anymore. We're human beings. We're super smart. Let's step out of that mindset and let's step into a conversation where, we, where, we, where you can watch my free webinar, get an understanding of what it takes, and then continue the discussion with me. Well, I'm so glad you talked about that because our business behind the, the podcast, our free content, is we offer courses, right? Uh, one, of the, one of the courses we offer is to help people write their first book. And is it easy? No. But if you have a formula to do it and you work with people that have done it before, just like you do in your coaching, then it becomes easier, right? So we also have a free webinar, but I'm with you because... We, when, even when we promote the free webinar, we're very transparent about what you're going to receive. You're going to receive some initial steps about it. We will give you a free ebook. You know, we'll give you all the information, but you have to invest in yourself or into the program. It's a 90-day program, and you have to show up, and we're going to hold you accountable. We form a community. We have interaction. Like We, we get on live calls once a week um, doing these Zoom videos, but you're right. Like... The free part is just, that's just the, the beginning. Everything else is, is behind that. And I'm so happy that you put that post out because it meant a lot to me personally. Thanks, Roger. And I think, you know what? I actually said that that post was something that I think a lot of coaches and a lot of businesses want to say, but are too frightened to say it. They're scared to say it just in case the perfect client, you know, is turned off by it. But you know, my attitude is, the perfect client is not interested in free content. The only reason why they, they want the free content, as far as I'm concerned, is to get a taste of your style. And if they like what you say, that's when the conversation continues. That's the client you're after, right? It's so right. Um, you're so yeah. right. Because people connect with people differently. Some people are going Absolutely. to connect with you. Some will connect yep. with me, et cetera, et cetera. And, and it's all about that chemistry. 100%, 100%. So one of the other things uh, you, you, you mentioned that stood out to me is, and it's actually at the end of your video, it's a kind of a tagline, I think. It says, learn how to stand out and be heard. Mm -hmm. I love Except. that. I love <laughs> that. Because in, from your coaching experience, what is it like? Do you, do you feel most people, and, and you almost said it just before, are are they afraid to stand out? Are they afraid to be heard? Are they afraid to be fully transparent because they're looking for that next sale or they're afraid to upset someone? What's your thoughts on that? I think that uh, we have been programmed 
to believe that, you know, we have to be politically correct. Um, you know, we have to follow the status quo. Uh, if you're loud, you're as seen as obnoxious or you're too emotional if you're a female. So we have all these labels for people who don't fit in the box. So just think about this for a moment. We go to school, school teaches us how to be compliant and obedient. Okay, that's actually, the whole system is based on that premise. So then we leave school and then we go into the workforce and we're what? Obedient and compliant. And that continues throughout our entire adult life until something happens, okay? Something, some adversity, some challenge, something happens and we say, you know what? I may not be able to get back into that normal job maybe I'll start a business. Maybe that's what I'll do. Because most people start a business because they have a mission, they want to leave a legacy, they're in, uh, in circumstances that has forced them down that pathway, they have a solution to a problem, they see that there's a need in the marketplace. There's lots of different reasons. But for most people who actually want to start that coaching, consulting trajectory, what I find is that their, their normal is not to be seen and, and heard. And what I say to people is, what are you waiting for? For somebody to actually tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, you're the coach I've been waiting for. How is somebody supposed to know that you exist and that your specialization can actually solve their problem if they don't see you? if they don't hear you, and if they don't feel you for that matter. So the notion around being seen and being be, be heard is fundamental and very, very important. In fact, it's critical in our current situation. We have to be seen. We have to be heard. We must put ourselves out there and forget about this nonsense of being politically correct or too loud or too emotional or not fitting in with the status quo. All of that is absolute nonsense. We've bought into that idea. But human beings are not like that. We're made to be seen and heard because we're all unique. You know, the last time I checked that my DNA code is different to your DNA code, Roger. So therefore, you know, we do want people to recognise that I, I have something that you don't have and you have something that I don't have. Isn't that what humanity is about? It's about exploring each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if, if, you, if I were to hire you, yeah. Mary, what are some of the, just to give people a feel for how, how that works, what are some of the initial questions you might ask or what, what would that look like in the very beginning? My passion it, for, for the work that I do is to unpack a human being as my starting point so that I can see and they can see what they look like in their natural state. Now, this may seem real common sense to you, but a lot of people that come to me will say, I've done my Myers-Briggs personality test. I've done this test. I've done the DIS test. Here are all my reports. And I'm looking at these reports and I'm repulsed by them because I'm saying, uh, no, I don't want the boxed version of you or the, the, the color and the number that matches you. What I'm after is who are you in your natural state? And people have never heard that. They've never been in a situation where somebody's actually asked them, who are you in your natural state? What do you look like? What do you act like? Because we've been made to be fit in these boxes. So now imagine this. 
When I pull people out of that box and I say, here's what you look like in your natural state, they have to actually go through, I have developed an algorithm to actually take them through this process so that we're working with real data that's based on them, okay, who they really are. The amount of people, I would say that 99.9% .9 of people that go through that algorithm, um, most people say, wow, like that was a major, major, uh, it was a, it's a cathartic process because I get people to go back in time, really understand what was going on in your life in the first 21 years of your life, you know, looking at their values, their natural gifts, their natural talents, their natural abilities, all these attributes that make up a human being. That's what I want to work with. That's the starting point. We build a foundation based on that as the very first step before we can even think about what their skill set slash their specialization or slash their knowledge base actually looks like and how we can actually convert that or digitalize that into a business. That's, that's part two of the process. The first part is, is seeing yourself in your natural state. Believe you me, is incredibly cathartic. I'm sure. And I get the chills when you're talking about this because when I do my interviews, especially my in-person interviews, which before all this happened, you know, 90% of them were in person. Yes. That's exactly what I attempt to do with every single person in every single interview because in their natural state or in that comfort zone is when you get the transparency and, you know, the authentic authentication that I want to um, have them project to the listener or the viewer. So I, I exactly. totally relate with that. And I, and I appreciate your, your method your your methodology because you're digging deep. You're not, it's not, you know, superficial. Let's, you know, let's, let's get this guy done and then on to the next client. You're really trying to make a difference because you know, once you do that and bring that person out, it's, they could change the world. Exactly. And it's about being individualized. This is the key. This is the key. You know, it's that, you know, when you look at a human being, we are all different. So you're absolutely right. This is not a one size fits all. It's actually unpacking yourself, looking at yourself, you know, in terms of who am I in my natural state and doing something with that. The currency lies there. That's the currency. So, you know, and I think that's really important to understand the power of that because it impacts every other area of your life as well. Absolutely. So, Mary, why is personal branding more important today than ever? Well, let's look at it from this perspective. Um, in today's current environment, let's have a look at what the world's going through. And I think that, and I'm going to put into context because then you know, hopefully people that are listening to this will go, whoa, that completely makes sense. So we have a situation at the moment where we're all uh, housebound, we're all working from home, but sadly over and above COVID-19, which is the obvious, there are so many senior executives and professionals that have been made redundant. They don't have a job. Okay. These people are typically the people that come to me. They're on high salaries. They're, they're living a lifestyle. They have mortgages. Their children go to private schools. They have the 2.5 cars, the holiday home. They are mortgaged to the hill. Now we're talking about an age group here of around 45 to 55 age group. Okay. Now here's 
where the problem is. That's right, Roger. Yeah, absolutely right. And, 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 and I see this as an opportunity, but you have to have the mind shift, Roger, and you, I'm sure that you can relate to this. And most, but all of us, the mind shift is, goes like this. Okay, I've had this cushy job. I've had the job, the, the job title, the business card, the corner office, you know, the BMW, the whatever. And then yesterday, today, I have no job. I've been made redundant. My world has come to an end. I now step into a place of fight or flight. I'm in complete fear. Why? Because there are no jobs available in the short term. Nothing. You can't even go and get a job in the supermarket. Like there are no jobs at the moment. And, and then when you look at those high level jobs, you know, at the senior leadership level, there are no jobs at that level at this point in time. There may be in six, 12 months time, but right now there's only a few of those jobs. So if I'm in a situation where I've been made redundant and I have no network outside of my corporate job or a small network outside of my corporate job, I haven't been active on social media, in particularly LinkedIn. Um, I'm going after a job that pays me really good money, but I'm not really a specialist in anything. And now I'm finding myself without a job what separates me versus the 500 other people that are going for that same CFO job, CMO job, sales director role, sales manager role, CEO role, okay? What separates me from that person? Nothing. The only thing that separates me is that I can walk into a meeting situation and sell myself as a brand, a personal brand. A personal brand is not touchy-feely. A personal brand is a business. I'm the brand, I'm the business. That's it, okay? It's in simple terms, that's my philosophy around personal branding. A corporate brand has a brand, it has a business, and it has, it has services and products. A personal brand, is the business, is the product, is the service, right? So, so when I'm walking into a job interview, I need to differentiate myself as a business in a business. And I need to have been consciously aware of building that brand, you know, throughout my entire career, choosing what my lane looks like, specializing in that lane so that when I walk into a, 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 a meaning situation in a COVID-19 scenario, I'm walking in saying, I can solve your problem. I know exactly how to do it. I have 28,000 hours of experience in solving that specific problem. I have a methodology. I know how to build teams. And by the way, I also am, have become a thought leader in that area because I get invited to every podcast, every keynote, um, and et cetera, et cetera. So I have built my social currency on a platform like LinkedIn because I am a thought leader in that space versus somebody else who comes in for the same job, has the technical skills, but is unknown, is completely and utterly invisible. And this is the issue that we face currently with that 45 to 55 age group. They are invisible and they are feeling invisible and feeling redundant when in actual fact, 
It doesn't have to be like that. That's why personal branding, especially in the corporate arena, is vitally important. But more important is even post-corporate. If you want to start a coaching or a, a, a consulting business, we still have to do the same. We still have to understand what our specialization is like. We have to understand what our lane looks like. We have to build our social currency. Therefore, we have to show up on social media every single day to be seen and heard as the go-to person in that area of specialization so that people understand that, hey, Mary can solve my problem. I'm, she's exactly what I'm looking for. I have been watching her for the last three months and the more I watch her, the more I resonate with her, it's time for me to call her and have that, that conversation with her. That's why personal branding is vitally important today. Profound, Mary, profound. Um, now, what about the people that are listening and said, okay, Mary, all makes sense, 100%, but I've done none of that. I, I, I have none of that. Is it not that it's too late to start, but how, no. how do you get someone starting? Is it just jumping in and, and taking that leap of faith? Obviously you have to have a strategy and, and all that, but where do you go if you have nothing? I think that, that that's a, a really fantastic question. And, you know, somebody asked me that the other day who hadn't done any of the groundwork. Um, and this is a conscious decision. I have to say this, this is not something you go, Oh, you know, I'll just post, um, on, on, on LinkedIn, I'll just post, I'll, I'll create some posts around my kids running around or my dogs or my cats. That's not going to position you as a brand. People might go, oh, that's really cute. And, you know, do a couple of likes here and there, but it's not what I'm talking about here. This is about being very strategic and deliberate about building your brand, building your business, building yourself as the authority, the go-to person in that area that you know, for sure. The starting point is to get clear on what do I want to be known for? Seriously, it's as simple as that. What do I want to be known for? Do I want to be known as the relationship coach? Do I want to be known as the best sales director who actually understands how to close sales? You know, and I, am I a super connector? Am I a career coach? What do I want to be known for? Start there. You know, it is still high level, but it's a starting point. And then the next step is to understand what type of content do I need to produce at least, at least three times a week so that people can start seeing me and hearing me and understanding my philosophy, my approach, the things that I stand for, um, you know, my values, uh, how can I solve problems, tips that I can give people to help for example, salespeople, how to close, you know, how to close a deal in, you know, in three steps. I don't know, just, Things that are that support your area of specialization. I think that is a critical starting point. And the other thing is that LinkedIn is a vital ingredient to actually create uh, brand exposure. It is, we can't pretend that social currency doesn't exist. Believe me, I have a client and she's a career transition coach and she works at the C-suite level. And even she was saying, you know, we can't pretend that, that, um, that social currency is not important because it is, because an employer will go and actually check out that CEO's profile on LinkedIn or, you know, whoever it is, and actually see what type of content they're producing. How many connections do they have? Are they active? What do they stand for? All of this information must be exposed and expressed 
in a way that pulls people towards you, not pushes people away from you. So LinkedIn profile is important. Creating content that supports the area of specialization that you want to be known for is also equally important. And the third thing, Roger, and I think this is really important, is certainly it is for me, is your network. So it's no good if you're trying to build your brand and you're either looking for a job or wanting to start a new business, most people that are on LinkedIn connect with just anyone, okay? And I'm against that. That's not my philosophy at all. You know, in fact, I'm the complete opposite. I don't care who follows my content. That is awesome, and I embrace that, and I will give as much value as I can. But to connect with me, there is a criteria. And the reason for that is because I only get 30,000 connections on LinkedIn. I don't get 300,000. So I'm going to discern who I can serve. If I can serve you, I will connect with you. If I can't serve you, I'm of no value to you at all. And that's my benchmark. And it's a really important benchmark because you know, it was the other day I was showing one of my clients. I said, look, I just got 110 connections today and I've just accepted 10. Wow. And she was like, oh my God. And I said, I've only accepted 10. I don't need the other 100 because I can't serve them. And it's a really big difference in mindset. And can you explain to us, number one, uh, why only 30,000? How, how does that work? And because I know you have, what, uh, about 60,000 connections? Followers. Yes, so followers. How, what's the difference between followers and connections? So anyone can follow you. So think of followers like a fan. You know, on a Facebook page, you've got people that just like like your page. It's exactly the same scenario on LinkedIn. So followers are like fans. They love your content and they're basically just following your content. An actual connection is can also also follows you, but it's a connection in terms of your network. That's your network. And the followers don't necessarily form a part of your network because they don't have to be connected to you to follow you. Okay. Anyone can follow you, but they don't have to be connected with you. And LinkedIn give you those two options. They say you can connect with Mary and become a part of her tribe or if she doesn't want to connect with you, you can still follow her. So it doesn't make any difference. You're still going to see my content, but my connections are actually my net, my network. It's like you and I connected, Roger. You know, we're a part of each other's network because we see value in each other. Even doing this podcast, you know, the, the content in this podcast will add value to your tribe and to my tribe. So that's how I see the connection is it has to be of value to you first. And, and that's, that's my benchmark. So there's actually two different numbers and they, when yes. you're on your profile, you can see both of those numbers, right? You can Followers. see, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, so 30,000 is the maximum and followers is unlimited. I see. And uh, can you explain to us how you um, determine if you will connect with someone? Are you, are you looking at their headline? Because if you get a hundred in a day, you have to do that pretty quickly, right? Yeah, I can, I, and it's exactly how I do it. I can actually see where where they're from, uh, what their title is, um, and if their title is, um, I don't know, for example, um, cryptocurrency, a, a, a mechanic. Yeah, I serve business owners 
coaches, consultants, and senior executives. Like that's kind of my space. Anyone that doesn't fall in that category, it's, I, I just, it's, it's wasting everyone's time. So, so yeah, so just look at, you know, their country of origin, uh, their title, um, things of that nature and just decide, can I serve this person? Can this person introduce me? No, actually better, a better question is, can this person take me one step closer to my goal? And I think that's the way we have to think. It's like, if you're going to have a network, I want to be able to help you, Roger, and vice versa, you know, your network and who you are should be able to, you know, help me, which is exactly why we're doing this. Yes, absolutely. Okay, great. Wow, this is really, really powerful content. And I'm so happy we're going to be able to help some people today from all of your wisdom. Let's talk about uh, what you say as digitalizing knowledge is the new economy. Yeah. What, What exactly does that mean? my favorite topic. Um, so we spoke before about, you know, senior executives, um, especially who are currently finding themselves in a, in a difficult situation. But actually, if we take a step back and we have a look at those sort of people, what's happening, and this is really, this is a big problem, is that we've got all these senior executives who actually hold knowledge, 10, 15, 20, 30 years of knowledge, Roger. Now, we can't let that knowledge go. It's not, it's, that knowledge is so important in not just in a corporate environment, which is a part of the ecosystem, the IP and the ecosystem, but it's also about understanding how to manage people through trial and tribulation, through experience, through challenges. It's wisdom wrapped in knowledge. And So a lot of these people, these are the people that typically would come to me and I look at that knowledge and see how can we turn that knowledge into a solution? How can we convert that knowledge into a methodology that can actually solve a problem? So that, yes, you're out of a job, but can you, does your organization need you to come back in and solve the problem that you were solving while you were in there? Or is there another industry or is there another niche um, that can actually, that you can serve because you have, you know, 20 years of experience, you know how to solve a problem. We've now unpacked you. We've created in a time methodology around it. Not only that, we then digitalize that knowledge and create an entire online environment. So now they've got another business model, which is, it could be a boot camp or a group, an online group coaching type of a scenario, but they also have the methodology that they can take into corporate. And so the methodology doesn't change how they deliver. It just changes. That's it. So Typically, we would work on a methodology, but immediately digitalize that knowledge so that in a COVID-19 situation, business as usual. It's exactly like my business model. It's business as usual. Nothing has changed in my business because 95% of my calls are over Zoom. That's so awesome. And I love how you say it's the new economy because when, when the economics part comes into it, you're, you're this person who now is being created as a brand is being yes. able to take that knowledge, put it into content and be able to offer it in as free content and as paid content. Correct. 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 And, and what happens is that they then define their lane from that. So they're very clear on what they do, 
who they serve and what they promise. They're very clear on that. There's no bells and whistles. It's just the one way street. It's like if somebody says, Hey Mary, what do you do? Easy. I commercialize personal brands. That's it. That's my lane. And then, then, and then, Oh, how do you do that? Then I go into my spiel. Okay. That's when I talk about how I do it. So the point being is that when you stay in your lane and you're very clear on your specialization and you can back it, you have to back it. Um, you know, this is not something, this is not based on, you know, two or three textbooks that you've read and, oh, now I'm an expert. This is years and years of experience that you actually bring to the table, which most people have. But we fall into the trap of saying, you know what, I've got all this specialization. Oh, no one's going to want me. Yes, no one's going to want you if you're actually unpackaging it in the right way. Of course, no one will want you. No one wants someone walking in with their, you know, their compendium and a pen and walking in and saying, hi, I'm a new consultant. Like sh people want outcomes. We have to understand they don't want deliverables. We want outcomes, tangible outcomes. That's what we need to be thinking. And when you can actually create a methodology that's tried and tested and it's, you know, almost scientific, we're looking at tangible outcomes throughout the entire process. And Mary, you do this through the form of storytelling. Is that correct? Because that needs to be, as you say, in context. Well, I'm glad you, you mentioned storytelling because that's another part of the, the puzzle that is, is and, and actually it's only one part of the puzzle, Roger. You have heard all over uh, uh, social media that all these gurus are saying, just get out and tell your story. Just tell your story create a video, you know, just tell your story. Okay. Here's my issue with that. I don't want your story if it's not in context with my problem or where I'm at in my life or, you know, the situation that I'm finding myself in right now. I don't want your story. I don't want to know that you bought yourself a brand new Porsche and a 10 bedroom home when I can't feed my children. So I don't want your story, right? But I want your story if you're, if I'm your target audience and you're having, a, you're starting a conversation with me at, at, at a, from a like-minded zone, it's in context. Yes, storytelling is very, very powerful. It needs to be in context. Otherwise, you lose people. Okay, and so storytelling is part of the content strategy only. There and. On one hand, on the other hand, you know, when I'm, when I'm, uh, especially when I'm in the corporate landscape and I'm sitting in a boardroom talking to a CEO, that's a completely different experience for me because I actually do start with my story and they always ask me, okay, so how can you help us? Or what are you here for? Or, you know, the typical CEO question, I've only got half an hour and I always say, well, actually I'm not here to sell you anything. Um, and I always start off the conversation by saying, let me just think about at what part of my story I want to start this conversation from. That throws people because they're like, whoa, I've never heard that before, right? right? And I'm like, and I always said, there's a timeline, but I've just got to think where I want to start it from that's in context with you. And then I'll start it where I believe is the right place to start. And what happens when you do that, something magical happens, Roger that the, the, the CEO will lean forward or whomever I'm talking to, their arms are relaxed and I have brought them, I'm pulling them into my story 
here at a heart level. Not a, not a, it's not linear. Linear's gone. Brain's not involved. No fight or flight. They're not frightened I'm going to sell. We're having a heart-to-heart -heart discussion. And that heart-to-heart -heart discussion opens doors. Okay? And that's what we need to understand when it comes to storytelling. That's awesome, Mary. Can we do just a little bit of role play? Because I, I want people to experience this because I want to experience it. Pretend I'm the CEO. We're face-to-face. We're, -face, we're in the boardroom. I have a half hour. Can we do it for a couple of minutes? So I would always say and say, Roger, let me just think about at what part of my story I want to start this conversation off. And I pause, okay, for about 10 seconds. And I'll say, I think I know exactly where I want to start my story from, Roger. I'm on a mission. And my mission is to remove job titles and job descriptions from a corporate environment because I'm passionate about human beings. And a CEO will laugh. And I say, I know, I know you're laughing. And I know you're thinking, you know, wishful thinking. And it probably is wishful thinking. But in 2012, I resigned from my own software development company, which I had for seven years. And that was a really, really confronting moment for me. And the way that I did that is three hours after my son was born, I reached out over to my purse, grabbed my lip balm, and my business card fell on the bed. And when that business card fell on the bed, I picked it up and it said, Mary Henderson, managing director of my company. And I said, I realized just in that split of a moment that my whole life had been nothing but a series of labels and titles, sister, daughter, wife, managing director, best friend, worst friend, all these labels. And I knew in that moment that I was going to resign from my own company because I had something that I had to confront in myself and that was the truth. And the truth was, the absolute truth was, Roger, that I bought myself a job. And one step further than that, Roger, it wasn't that I bought myself a job, but I actually was still seeking at that age validation from my parents to tap me on the shoulder and say, we are so proud of you that you have your own company, even though you don't have a degree. And I had to swallow that. That was the most confronting moment of my life, but the most liberating. And from that, two weeks after I resigned from my own company, thankfully, I merged it with another, another business. And I then decided to spend 12 months on a sabbatical, whereby I gave up my material possessions and I gave up the outside world for 12 months. I had three mentors. I engaged three mentors who held me by the hand and actually opened up Mary and Mary had to walk inside Mary and understand who Mary was. And that was a 12-month sabbatical. And through that process of those mentors, one of which was a professor in philosophy at Oxford University, I found out something incredibly powerful about myself. And that is that I have gifts, talents, abilities, and a complete uniqueness that you and I 
will never have that matches. I can't, you can't do what I can do in my natural state and I can't do what you can do in your natural state. And because of that 12 month period, I designed my entire personal branding algorithm and my mission is so real and it's personal. And that is why I'm here today to make you see that the power of the human beings that work in your organization brings something way beyond that job title in nine to five hours. That's what I'm here to talk about. Wow. Wow. Thank you for that. That's, that's, that's exactly what I was hoping to experience because I, you know, I pictured myself in the boardroom, but, but now I'm left with, okay, so what, what happens? And, and I'm so happy and, and honored that you shared that with us, Mary. Roger, you know, um, do you know how many that I remember this one CEO and he was really, really tall and very vivacious and a a real A type personality. He walked in the boardroom with his lunch, uh, really obnoxious. And, you know, and I told, I, I shared that story and the HR director was in that room and he got up, he was about six foot four. He said, can I just give you a hug right now? Wow. That's what I got. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's That's amazing. why storytelling in context, see how it was in context? Yes. It was in context. I didn't talk about my cats and my dogs and my kids. I actually put that story in context where I knew he would understand why I was in that boardroom and why this mission was so important to me. And in your practice of coaching people, do you help them get to that point where they can oh, share absolutely. those type of stories? Because it's profound. Absolutely. I mean, it's just incredible. Absolutely. This is vitally important. Um, we do um, their, you know, the, we even go into their signature brand talk. You know, like I always say, you need to be TED Talk ready. You know, so we go through that process as well, which is really rigorous. But it's the framework because I want my clients to be ready in 24 seven. So if somebody calls them and says, Hey, we need you as a keynote, they've got their, their keynote ready to go. Okay. That's vitally important, but it's a signature talk. It's their signature talk. And it's all about this. It's one aspect of their story. That's 100% connected to their mission. Fantastic. Yeah. Mary, this has been a, a wonderful conversation. I hope it's the first of many because you have so much to offer and I love to have guests like you back on the show, you know, to, to, give some of your new wisdom and content. Um, if people would like to connect with you, what's the best way? I know you're big on LinkedIn. Is, is that the best way to reach out? LinkedIn is the best way. So just search for Mary Henderson Coaching and my website, which is maryhendersoncoaching.com. So either or is fine. Or just email me, mary at maryhendersoncoaching.com. Fantastic. Is there any new products or services that you're coming out with in the future that you want to mention? Well, actually, Roger, yes, because my personal branding algorithm, we're just in beta phase uh, where it's already an algorithm. It's already an online tool that my clients are fortunate to use, but we're now creating that as a SaaS uh, product as a platform, which means that it'll be a standalone product where, you know, if you're a leadership coach, a business coach, a career coach, uh, anyone can actually access it uh, for their own uh, purpose and also to use on their clients. So that's, that's, that's the next thing uh, that's coming out, hopefully in the next three or four months. 
Fantastic. We'll be looking out for that. And I personally am very interested in learning more about that uh, for myself. Awesome. Thanks, Roger. If you were to take out your cell phone right now and call the 20-year-old Mary, yep. what would you tell her? You are absolutely awesome. Yeah. Because I've had to learn how to actually look at that 20-year-old in the mirror and say, wow, you are seriously one amazing human being. And it's not just the, the physical me, it's the 80 trillion cells that wow me every day, that, this, that, that what we're seeing in each other is 80, 70, you know, 70 trillion little pixels that make up this one body. Don't you think that's extraordinary? Oh, it, it is. It is. And it blows me away, Roger. I know. And I, but the thing is, you know, we're, we're, we're waking up to this as a yes. world community because you know, the way you and I grew up and most people grew up, you just don't know about this kind of thing. And, and most no. people are still asleep. So yes. these, this is why we're, these conversations are so important. So we could wake up ourselves even more and others around us to be aware of this. We are, we're, we're amazing, amazing things, amazing yes. things. And every, I love how you said earlier that, that, you know, when you're talking to the CEO, everyone's unique. Everyone has their own unique abilities and we just have to help people yep. find them, get the confidence to bring them forward so they can empower others and especially their family. That's where it starts, right? right I agree. Household. It does. It really, really does. And I think that this is why as parents, you know, we have to remove our paradigms and our old ideas and not dump those on our children. Like they're the next generation of innovators and, you know, um, change change old ways into new ways we're we're doing the best that we can but our children are the true innovators and i think that we've got to clear our stuff out and just realize that all the old stuff that we've bought into we can actually surrender those and give those up and give them a new meaning if we want to it's a choice isn't it really it really is well, Mary, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I have one last question before I let you go, and I ask every guest. Uh, you have a lot of life to live, but at the end of the day, what do you want your legacy to be here on this earth? I want my legacy. Well, my dream is, you know, and I keep saying this, hopefully it, I will be the one that will manifest this, but I do want to replace job titles and job descriptions with personal brands that's my that's my pet hate that's my achilles heel i hate job titles i have no business card i'm not interested and uh that would be my legacy if i had one i love it mary henderson thank you so much welcome to the american real family and god bless you and your family thank you roger thank you i appreciate you so much thanks for tuning into american real be sure to visit our website americanreal.tv or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help.
you can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.